Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Icons. Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, I have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one bestselling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for the year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like Are you an overbuyer or underbuyer? A morning person or night person? Abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast. Available now, free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Attorneys are not cheap. And you know who knows that? The Girardis. I know what they're going to ask you. Yeah. You said that. Yes. You're like, that's a rumor. They're so going to ask you, what was that? What I've learned is Erica has a lot of lawsuits in front of her. Yes. My point is more. You were a liability to all of us last year. That's why you are a liability no, and not me. It's not my fault. You've I told you that. to be quiet. No, I, I didn't. I told you to be quiet. No, you didn't. 
<laughs> Get her strack. Bamboozle Jane was shook. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was the clip from this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which we're going to be getting into the episode. There was so much happening, and I thought it was fantastic, although everything feels like an amuse-bouche for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Aspen trip, which I'm so excited about, and it feels like they're giving us little clues, little editing tricks to highlight some of the problems between Kathy and Kyle, and some of the problems with the other ladies and Kath, and so there's a lot happening on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I'm on board. Uh, before we get into the episode, though, and really dive deep, I do want to talk about a couple things going on in the outside Housewives universe. First and foremost, over on the Real Houses of Orange County, Tamara Barney Judge is going to be back. And it's been revealed this week that her business, Cut Fitness, is no longer to be Cut Fitness will be no more. And I, for one, am cheering the fact that we're no longer going to have to see the Cut Fitness app because that's been my biggest issue with the gym. And I'm proud of anyone owning a gym, and I'm glad people are up on their fitness or whatever the hell people are doing at Cut Fitness. Although the times that I've seen it on camera, it didn't seem like many people were up in there working on their fitness in the words of Fergie Ferg. But it seems to be that the close, uh, the place is closing Tamara still got her Venice CBD, which is apparently doing really well, so she doesn't need the gym. So good on her, but apparently we're going to see it play out on The Real Housewives next season because she's going to be back. And I'm just thrilled to not see the Cut Fitness app because this week on the Beverly Hills House, I saw Mauricio on Kyle's birthday wearing the fucking agency hat. Like, I got to look at the agency hat. While it's her birthday, and they, it was like a pajama party. And even Kyle's like, where are your fucking pajamas? And Mauricio's like, oh, these are my pajamas. You know, he's high as a kite again. And he's wearing the agency hat. I'm like, can we have one scene? One scene without Mo being high and wearing an agency hat. Come on. Enough. But uh, Cut Fitness is closing, so RIP, C-U-T. And we'll see you next Tuesday, I suppose, or not. Because it will no longer be. No longer be. Uh, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, there's these rumors online about the Real House of Beverly Hills casting for next season. Now, I saw one report that said Dorit, Crystal, and Diana are going to be gone. Then I saw this other report that said Diana and Lips are going to be gone. So in both reports, Room 23's Diana Jenkins is gone. And I do believe that she will not be with us next season. I am devastated to hear that Asher will not be with us. Girl! But I think it's the price we're going to have to pay to not have to see Room 23's Diana Jenkins on screen again, because I don't want to see her ever again. I just want her to just not be someone on TV. I want her to be like that other, speaking of Orange County, remember that one woman that they hired for the one season over COVID? And it's like, I never have to see or hear from that woman again. And that's fine with me. God bless. I hope she's living a great life somewhere off camera, but not on the Bravo Network. There's, we got to have standards for the Bravo Network, okay? We got to figure out a standard because I can't just have uh, anyone being cast willy nilly. And I'm specifically talking to the producers over there on Southern Charm. I know I've said this a hundred times, but they need to do some casting changes over there on Southern Charm. And by casting changes, I mean they need to cancel it and put it out of its misery because last week they did a dog wedding. And it was truly one of the shocking things I've ever seen on, on that show because that show used to be so good and now we're what the fuck are we watching? And they had to do so many editing tricks to make it seem like it was an interesting dog wedding. And it wasn't. And the, a dog wedding could be good. We've seen dog weddings before. And even on the Real Houses in New York, we had the dog funeral, which was one of the best episodes they've ever had. Here's the difference. The Real Houses in New York are naturally funny to watch. So if I'm going to watch something as kitschy as a dog wedding or a dog funeral or something like that, like there's some fun and funny to be had in that. But I'm going to need the cast members to be somewhat amusing and charming and quirky and weird. Over on Southern Trump, I'm like, who are these people? They got the Taylor, Olivia. They all are 
the, no per, the personality of a shoebox. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Madison's the only one with some personality over there. I'm sorry to have to be the one to burst everyone's bubble, but it's just a big hot mess. And they're letting anyone in camera. They're miking up Marcy, Shep's cousin. I'm sick of it. And so I just need it. Bravo to these people, these flops. You need to get rid of the flops. Get the flops off the network. Okay. Diana Jenkins, I'm sorry to say, is a flop. Nobody, I don't see not one person that likes Room 23's Diana Jenkins. I talked to a lot of people here. I do all sorts of outreach. I meet with people. I have friends, people. I have group texts about Bravo and not one single human is into Room 23's Diana Jenkins. And I hate to say it, but I think Rinna's time is up. And I've been someone who has liked Rinna in the past. And this, particularly going into this season, I was thinking, okay, I always liked Rinna, and I was ready to give her grace because, of course, we she lost Lois, and I felt bad, and I was ready to I rally behind her. But it's like hard to rally behind her on this show because she's coming across as just so mean and not unlikable, not in a fun mean either. I think people can be mean on this show. Brandy Glanville's a perfect example. I think Brandy has had seasons where she's been outright terribly mean to other people, and I loved it. But Rinna, I'm just like, she's losing me. So I... Look, I also heard that Dorit was supposed to be gone before this season, and then they ended up bringing her back. And she, of course, had the devastating robbery, and now she's talking about homeless and toothless people on the on the TV. So I don't know. They need to freshen things up because the main issue with this program, and again, I say that I love this show, and I think it's been a great season so far. But my main concern is this group of people, this group of women of the Dorit, Erica, Rinna, Kyle, and am I missing someone? Those four I can't have them all together. I just can't do it, Bravo. You need to you need to mix it up or get rid of some of them. And I do think Kyle's sort of the nucleus for this show, so I don't think they can get rid of Kyle. And Kyle does a good job. Whether anyone wants to give her credit enough, she does a good job. We see her in scenes with Sutton. We've seen her on scenes with Garcelle. And it's like she does a good job of filming with other people and seemingly getting along with the other people. But it's like I feel like Rinna and Erica are only filming with each other, and I just hate it. I hate it. Bitch! <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into this episode because I do love it. Now, we oh, open on the homeless, not toothless dinner. Now, I feel bad for those two people that were there who was like working for the dentist and the charity. At a certain point in the evening, they were just like, okay, time for you guys to get the fuck out. Like, they just sent them away. And I felt bad for they were just sitting at the table. And at least if they're going to be at the event, they want to be there for a show and then they get kicked out of the show. It was like, how ru- fucking rude is that? Now, everyone's dragged this charity name, Homeless Not Toothless. And later in the episode, they were all trying to figure out what it's called. <laughs> it's so good because really, this is an insane charity. And I said this last week, but like, if we could got the money, let's give it to somewhere else. Maybe we should just be doing things not for Homeless Not Toothless. And not to say that homeless people don't need their teeth because God bless when everyone have their teeth. It's just maybe our funds can be directed somewhere else. Uh, but at this thing, Dorit brings out a birthday cake for Kyle. Uh, we do see the men, they're on their own little, they're outside, Hip Hop Rob and PK and uh, Mauricio, they're talking something. PK was talking about crypto blockchain or something. I was like, I don't even know what he's saying. I was like. Nothing really matters. None of it matters. I don't care about any of the men on this show. Don't give me scenes of the men, particularly the men talking about crypto blockchain, which I I don't know what the fuck that means. Okay, when I'm sorry, and maybe I should have done my research and I should know by now what the crypto or NFTs are. Like, I don't know. And PK is something, saying something about a crypto NFT blockchain. 
it's gibberish to me. It's like I'm in Charlie Brown and it's the teacher just going, wah, 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 wah. Like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying, PK. It's uh, literally, I, I need something on the screen to tell me what he's saying because he was telling all the men and they were like, oh, you're in real estate. And they were kind of doing that, that thing that the guys do where they're like trying to show off their dick size. You know, they're having a dick measuring contest out there. And meanwhile, I'm like, Mauricio, take off the pants. You know, I'm shouting at the screen, but he's not listening. Anyway, he's saying he's a realtor and he's making all this money at real estate. And then PK's doing the crypto blockchain, hip hop Rob's directing the fucking Lion King. So they're all talking about all their monies. And I don't know. Are we done with the crypto block? I, I thought the NFT was over. I thought with that thing, that ship had sailed and everyone realized all the celebrities were trying to make it happen. Remember Paris Hilton, uh, who's obviously connected to the show via Kathy and Kyle and Kim. She was on Jimmy Fallon, and they were talking about like their ape NFTs. And remember, it was the most bizarre interview. Did anyone see this? It was so fucking weird. If you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube or something. Because it was uh, they were just talking about their ape. And the whole audience is like, I don't know what you're saying. Like Most of us don't understand this, and you're all trying to sell us on something that for you to all make money that we don't get. Uh, anyway, speaking of Jimmy Fallon, did you guys see Madonna on there? That's why we got Madonna on the soundboard. It was her birthday. It was her birthday this week. And you know I love Miss Madonna on the soundboard. I love Madonna's music. She sometimes loses me when I see her in an interview or something. Uh, but I do love me Madonna. And speaking of Madonna, The League of Their Own's got the reboot out now. And if you haven't seen it, I loved it. I really did love it. And I had high hopes because I love the movie so much. I thought it was just so – it was brilliantly casted. It was brilliantly shot. I thought it was just so good. It's very queer. It's a lot of gay people, which, of course, there's gay people. It's the women playing baseball. So, of course, the characters are gay. And in the original movie, none of the characters got to be gay. But Rosie O'Donnell, when she was on this podcast, she had said she played her character as if it was gay. Uh, so I think um, it's a great show if you haven't watched it. I, I really did love it. I flew through those episodes. Loved it. Anyway, happy birthday, Madonna. What were we talking about? I get so off track here. <laughs> okay, so then at the table, at the Homeless Not Toothless thing, they bring up Crystal's eating disorder conversation again. And she says that she's been seeing someone since she was 13 years old. Kyle's like, are you seeing the right person? And I wrote in my notes, Kyle, STFU, STFU. Crystal's like, I'm on the journey. <laughs> Which also bugged me about Crystal, because it's like such a stupid thing to say, like, I'm on the journey. And I know, by the way, saying that as someone who's also probably said that many times in my life, but it's such a dramatic way to say, like, yeah, I'm going to this counselor, or I'm doing this thing. It's like, yeah, I'm on the journey. I've been on the journey. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. I love it. But they were all bothering me this episode. Sutton said she had a rough last week because of the liability thing. And then we played that clip because Sutton said she was called by the attorney for the lawsuit. Now, I was excited about going into the lawsuit stuff this week because I feel like we've just been ignoring all of the legal situation with Bamboozle Jane. And haven't we all been feeling crazy like they're ignoring the elephant in the room? That's the most interesting thing happening on this show, and yet nobody's talking about it on the show. Instead, we're talking about Sutton making chicken salad sandwiches or something. I don't know what we're doing on this show. Or we got uh, Diana, Room 23's Diana Jenkins, and her uh, boyfriend Asher singing on the piano. And instead, we should be talking about the Bamboozle Jane legal situation. And so Sutton finally brings it up again. And all the women are like, well, why'd you bring it up again? And she's like, well, I had to hire a litigator. Eric has the liability, even though Eric's calling her a liability. And she's like, that's why you're a liability, not me, which cracked me up because it was such a good one. I mean, Sutton really got her, I thought, because even Bamboozle Jane's voice was raised. And, you know, she only raises the voice when she knows she's been got. 
And so she's like, yes, Sutton, you know, shout at her. <laughs> and I was happy to bring it up, but then they all just sort of went over it. Dorit said they only came after Sutton because she was the only one questioning. And yeah, last season I did feel like Sutton was the only one questioning. They showed a montage to make it seem like Kyle and Dorit and everybody had also said stuff, but they sort of like dipped their toe in the water. They're like, oh, what's these orphans and widows things? And I honestly feel like we need somebody else on the show to like, I don't get, when they were casting this season, instead of bringing in Diana Jenkins, maybe we should have brought in someone who would have had the cojones to sit down at a dinner table and ask Erica all these questions on camera. Instead, even Sutton wasn't doing it as uh, to the level that I think we all wanted. Andy Cohen at the reunion last season, of course, was asking all these questions. But it's like, then why did we bring in Diana Jenkins uh, to do this, or Cherie, why aren't, why didn't we bring in somebody who could actually sit down and ask these questions? Cause I feel like crazy that we're all skating past all the stuff that's going on. I feel like a fucking nutball. I am a nutball. Anyway, they're barely questioning her. And this is why no one wants to say much. I get because then they don't want to have to be reached out to and have to go on the stand or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how the legalities work, but Sutton had said somebody had, she had to hire the litigator and they wanted her to release a statement or something. And so I get why no one would want to do that, but I need them to cast someone who would want to do that. Do you get what I mean? You know how there's those people who like to go to jury duty? Like if I get jury duty, I'm like, oh fuck, like I'm not in the mood to do the jury duty. I just had to. I luckily didn't have to do it, but I got called to do it like a couple weeks ago. And then you had to keep calling in every day. And every day I'm like saying a silent prayer to baby Jesus. I'm like, please, Lord, please, Lord, baby Jesus, please, Lord, Mariah Carey, save me from jury duty. And luckily I never got called in and then the thing was passed. And now I have a whole year before they can call me back again. But there are people who like love jury duty. And I always think like, let them do the jury duty. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I'm not interested in doing that. So let those people that want to just go sit for the week. And that's how I feel like with the casting here. I know that most people aren't going to want to sit down in a scene and question Bamboozle Jade. She's scary. But I need someone who's going to sit down and say, girl. Girl? What's going on? What's the situation? What's the deal with Tommy Two-Tones? What's the deal with the earrings? Where'd the money come from? How did you not know where the money went? Who are these orphans and widows? What is your relationship? Get into the nitty gritty. Somebody's out there is going to want to do it for a paycheck. I'm sure we're in Los Angeles, California. So hire an actor or something. Can't we get somebody on who's an actor who's maybe out of work or something that needs some a job? And maybe they were on a soap with Rena or something. We can have them loosely relate it and then sit down and ask all these questions that we all have about this stuff. Instead, they hired Cherie and Diana Jenkins. And those two aren't working hard enough for me. Clock in, ladies. Clock in. Somebody needs to clock in. I feel like Sutton's the only one clocking in. And I don't even love Sutton all the time. I mean, Sutton gets on my nerves, too. I know she gets on a lot of people's nerves. And I get that. But at least she's clocking in to work. I'm looking at Dorit, who's clocking to work. I mean, come on. And then Diana, she chimes in, too. So they're all in this legal situation. We're finally getting somewhere. And then Diana chimes in, like the Jamie Lee Curtis wind chime, and says that Garcelle is the most guarded one. I really like you, but I feel like our friendship had to work extra hard to go nowhere. Diana's like mumbling through her words. That's another thing too. It's like, I need someone who can enunciate 
and open their mouth a little bit. We see her licking those lips, but she's never opening the mouth when she speaks. So it's like, I'm, I got to sit close to the TV with my, like, I got to put a soup can up to my ear in the TV set so I can hear Diana Jenkins, whatever she's saying, even though they got her mic'd up. And I can't even imagine how the sound guys have to turn up the audio because she's always so quiet. She's quiet. And I'm like on the edge of my seat. She's just mumbling through her lines. I'm like, like I'm watching Devil Wears Prada, Meryl Streep performing, except for, uh, I don't care as much what Diana's saying. It's like that. Cause you know, when you watch Devil Wears Prada, it's like, you really have to pay attention to what Meryl Streep is saying. That's what I feel like Diana's doing, except for not as interesting. Not as interesting with not as good of a haircut or wardrobe. Instead, she's just wearing the hat. If I see her in that hat and the tracksuit one more time. Anyway, she's going after Garcelle. And then Diana doesn't understand how this show works. She's coming after Garcelle about something that didn't even exist. It was like uh, this whole Garcelle that you guys made up. We saw you guys make up on camera and now you're bringing it up again. It's like so stupid. It's so stupid. Garcelle eventually just said, Google me. But then Garcelle says, Google me in the confessional. I was like, Garcelle, you should have said that to Mumbling Jenkins uh, in the scene. Right when Mumbling Jenkins was saying, uh, "I whatever, I try to be your friend, you don't wanna," then Garcelle, you should have said, "Well, if you want to know about me, Google me, bitch." Instead, Garcelle didn't say anything, and then in the confessional, she's like, "Google me," and I was like, "Girl, girl, come on, say it in person." And then Rena jumps in and is going after Garcelle. She's like, "Do you hear her? What did she? Did you hear her? What she said?" And Garcelle's like, "What did you hear her say?" And then Rena's like, "I think she's sad or in pain." And I was like, "It's not that serious. Like she's not sad or in pain. She's just mumbling something under her breath and trying to come after Garcelle for a story storyline." And then Garcelle's shooting at Rena, and obviously Garcelle and Rena despise each other, like with every ounce of their being. We know that it's very clear. If you can't tell that, I don't know what to tell you. But they very much hate each other. But Rinna says that Garcelle is scared. Rinna says, you have to ask yourself. I think we all have fear. And when we come from love, we don't get defensive. Because Rinna said that Garcelle was defensive about the whole Diana thing. And then Garcelle's like, you're telling me about coming from love? Bullshit. And obviously, that was a good part for Garcelle. Because I feel like that was one time where she didn't just save her for the confessional. She said it in person. I was proud of Garcelle because I love Garcelle. I just need her to say these things in person because it was bullshit. Rena was just not coming from a place of love an hour ago. They showed the footage. They showed the footage. So luckily they said it. They just need to break up this cast though, because the way that Rena was then defending Dana Jenkins, I was like, I can't watch this. My actually, I think they need to keep Bamboozle Jane as much as I dislike Bamboozle Jane. I think they need her for the show. I'm going to give her that. Erica needs to be around, especially more as this legal stuff plays out, but hopefully we'll get somebody in there. I don't think we need much more time with Rena. I think she's given us a lot throughout the years, and I wouldn't mind if she took a little break and then stormed back in the way that they do on soap operas in a couple seasons. She could stumble into frame in a couple seasons wearing the bucket hat, a zebra print, holding Harry's sauce in one hand and the wastewater rosé in another, and we got ourselves a season. But I need two years' time. Then we could see her again. But for right now, it's like, I don't know that I, I, I would get rid of her. I'd get rid of Dorit. I'd get rid of Diana. I think there's so many people in Beverly Hills that we can bring in there. I'm going to say something controversial. Bring in Eden Sassoon. Bring her back. <laughs> oh, did you guys see Dana Wilkie? You know, Dana Pam? She got into a feud with Dorit because she had posted something about Mauricio and Dorit. And then Dorit got pissed. She was like commenting on the thing. She's like, how dare you? And really... 
I loved it. I loved watching it. I loved the feud. Now, I understand where Dorit's coming from, but also at the same time, it's like something that we've all been sort of saying, and I don't know that it, it's just, I don't know. They're on a TV show, and Dorit did kiss his arm. <laughs> we did see Dorit kiss Mauricio's arm. And so, look, you're on a reality show that's a soap opera drama. Of course, people are going to say that you hooked up with Maurice. Of course, it's just part of the game. If you want to be on a soap opera drama, that's part of the game. But I understand she's with PK, I suppose, and his new teeth. Anyway, we should take a quick break here. Let's take a breather. We're going to come back. I want to thank everyone for listening. Follow me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I just posted a new Patreon recap. It's patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. I do one a month and I recap sex in the city from the beginning. So you can go listen there, uh, get my book and we'll be right back. Thank you to Acast. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, my listeners can use code EVERYTHINGICONIC, all together one word, at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. This episode is sponsored by Los Angeles Tourism. Now, y'all know I'm from the Midwest, but I've lived in California for so long, and I truly do love it here in LA. There's so much to do. My parents were just in town and said the same thing because we always have something to do when they visit. There's so much good food and drink here. There's lots of pop-ups, rooftop bars, year-round alfresco dining. I love being able to eat outside here all the time, but they really have so many different food options uh, that you can get all the time. Tons of great shopping and fashion. Uh, they just opened up a new shopping center right across the street from where we live. And it's just fantastic to be able to walk there. I love that. I love having the sun. I love the attractions, the studios, the lifestyle. You get all the Hollywood pop culture stuff that I certainly love so much. Uh, and also, you just get the wonderful weather. It's really a fantastic place. So I want to encourage you all to head to discoverla.com. Again, need more ideas for your next visit? Just head to discoverla.com. Ever since I saw Clueless, I wanted to have the most amazing wardrobe, and that includes all of the clothes inside the wardrobe closet, and that's why I'm excited to talk to you about Quince. Now, Quince has you covered with truly timeless pieces that never go out of style. You'll have them in your closet forever. Quince has all sorts of must-haves. I'm talking uh, Mongolian cashmere crewneck sweaters from $50. I have a blue cashmere crewneck sweater I got from them that I get so many compliments on all the time. I love it. Plus, iconic 100% leather jackets and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part, all 
Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings all over to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. Love that. Makes you feel good about shopping with Quince. Uh, again, I've gotten a lot of stuff there. Just uh, good quality pieces and a lot of different options if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe. So indulge in the affordable luxury. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash iconic. And we're back, girls. Girl? Okay, so then we have this scene between Crystal and Hip Hop Rob. They're talking about the night before, and Rob said to Crystal, he was even surprised that she posted about her eating disorder because normally she doesn't talk about it. So even he said that he was surprised, which shocked me. Then she cries, and she he suggests that she goes talk to someone. And I was a little confused here because Crystal, at the night before at the homeless toothless dinner, she had said that she's been seeing someone since she was 13. So I assume that meant she was actively currently seeing someone. But Rob is saying, oh, you should go see someone. And maybe that he was meaning you should go see somebody else. Maybe I misheard it. You know, that happens too. It happens too, but I'm not sure what the truth was. Lies somewhere in the middle. But eventually, Hip Hop Rob just cheers to her. It was so funny to me because he's like poured in some wine. He's like, well, cheers to you. And they were, <laughs> they were just cheersing to her eating disorder, which that's nothing to cheers to. But I suppose it made me laugh. It was just an awkward, and I know he didn't mean any harm by it, but it was awkward and I loved it. Uh, okay, and... Speaking of awkward, and I loved it, Kathy stumbled in like Mr. Magoo. She's walking in the house into Crystal and Hip Hop Rob's house, and she's like, hello, hello, anyone here? And she talks to Crystal about the eating disorder, and she says, look, the other women in this group are not lawyers, they're not doctors or therapists, and you don't have to answer to anyone. And Crystal's like, yeah, you're right. And Kathy's like, yeah, just tell them all to shut the fuck up. And we're getting this like good moment from Kathy, but then she's like, do you have a cracker? So now she's hungry. She's like, do you need to give me some food? And you didn't serve me any food. She asked for a Diet Coke. She asked for a little napkin, some Gouda, and they put together a spread. And so she's done now. She was in the middle of trying to give Crystal this wonderful pep talk. And she's like, now feed me a cracker and some Gouda. And <laughs> Ooh. Did you see Crystal and Kathy on Watch What Happens Live? Now, Kathy had like done this game on Watch What Happens Live, and she was getting a lot of heat because she didn't know who Eliza was, and she had said, oh, is that Precious, like from the movie Precious? And so she had taken a lot of heat from online, and I could tell from this episode, the whole, everyone's turning on Kathy. Everyone's turning on Kathy. You could tell that women are doing it in the episode, then that Watch What Happens Live thing happened. It's like not a good time to be Kathy Hilton, and we're going to have to see how this plays out. But everything that I've heard about the Aspen trip, it's not going to be great for Kath. Not going to be great. And this episode is the first time since Kathy's arrived on the scene, since I feel like Kathy's gotten an edit that is leading us to believe that she might be the villain at the end of the season. I'm not sure. But anyway, she's acting like Mr. Magoo all the time. She's like, hello. She said, doesn't know anyone. <laughs> I mean, isn't anyone else feeling that way? Like, why is Kathy? Sometimes you want to be like, what's going on up there, Kath? Like, meaning what's going on between them eyes? Because sometimes I look and I'm like, is anything going on between them eyes? And it's funny. It's funny until it's not. Until it's not. Then we cut to Kyle's house. Oh, by the way, wait, I should mention that the Atlanta recap. I didn't do an Atlanta recap this week because uh, I needed a little breather. I've been doing three episodes a week. I'm also working on a few other projects. So 
Danny, need a little breather. And I'm trying to take more breathers as we go because I need to be easier on myself and take some time when I need it because three episodes is a lot. It's a lot. So I need to just take a break. But Atlanta's delivering. They're cruising through their Jamaica and I'm loving it. I'm loving Atlanta. Anyway, where were we at? Oh, so Kyle's house, we see her uh, for her birthday. And Mauricio's opened a 1999 Dom Perignon and wearing the agency hat. And Kyle's, meanwhile, in the animal print. And she got some skates from Sophia. Now, what I want to talk about is Jessica Simpson. Obviously, that's what I always want to talk about. But Jessica Simpson just released a line of skates in her brand, her Jessica Simpson wear. And now you could buy her skates, which, of course, made me think of the public affair music video that Jessica Simpson did back in the early 2000s. Remember when she's skating at a roller rink and everybody was in that video? She's selling the skates, and now the gals are all wearing the skates. Kyle put them on. She said she used to compete at the rink. And remember, Bethany used to compete on Skating with the Stars, which I know is ice skating, but who remembers that? It was something that played out in Bethany Ever After, one of the greatest spin-offs of all time, She's now on Peacock. Now on Peacock. So all these houses are skaters. They're all wearing skates. We see a picture, a still frame of Gary Coleman and Jackson 5, or Kyle was talking about skating with some of them. And So Kyle then talks about Mauricio. And she talks about his family because she's having the daughter over who's getting married. And she's trying to be really nice to the new son-in-law because she says Mauricio's family was not so hot to her. And so most family all hated Splits Richards because she already had a kid. She was already divorced and she was an actress, which is a triple whammy. So, look, I understand where Mauricio's family is coming from, but I'm happy that it worked out. And then they ultimately do this crab dinner, which is complete chaos. And I used to love, I'm not a seafood eater, but I remember as family vacations, we would go to these, like uh, Myrtle Beach, we would go to all the time when I was growing up, or Florida, and we would always go to like a crab shack or something. And I always was in charge of breaking everyone's crab open, or what do they call that? Like cracking the crab or whatever? I don't know what the fuck you call it, but... (laughs) I remember sitting at the table and I'd order like a cheeseburger off the kids' menu because I didn't eat seafood. And then we would sit for hours and my brothers and my parents would have me crack open all their meats. And I had the best time. It was it was the greatest time. And when I saw these people, I was thinking of that time when I saw Kyle and them doing the Joe's Crab Dinner. But then I was also thinking when they put on those bibs, they had the paper bibs on. All I could think of when I saw the paper bibs was Dick's Last Resort. Does anyone remember Dick's Last Resort? I like Dick. Now, if you're not familiar, they would give you these hats, and the waiters would write like really mean things on the hat. Like, they would give me a hat on my birthday, and it would just say, like, homo on it, you know? Or I remember my friend Katie had a hat for her birthday that just said, like, I suck dick for free. And she was like 17 years old, and you're like, why is the waiter give a 17 year old the hat that says that? You know, it was like, it was a, a touristy place, and I remember we always used to go for a birthday or a special event in high school. And I don't know what was happening there. And how did the Dick's Last Resort, is it still around? How did people go there? Why did they go there? What was happening there? Because, I mean, the hats they would give you would just say, like, trashy hooker, and they'd give it to, like, a four-year-old girl. And you're like, what? How is this happening? Trashy Okay, 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 okay. okay. <laughs> the Dick's Last Resort. Dick's Last Resort waiters were like Nini on Watch What Happens Live, just writing trashy hooker whore tramp, close your legs to married men on some young kid's hat, and then put it on it, and then you had to eat the whole meal, and then they'd come be mean at you. The whole point of I used to hate going to Dick's Last Resort because it's like as a closeted kid, you're already worried about someone calling you a fag. And then you go to the Dick's Last Resort, and it's like the waiters are throwing it out willy-nilly at you as you're trying to eat your brownie sundae for dessert. And you can't even get through that meal quick enough without you get insults left and right. Just some some out-of-work actor calling you a trashy hooker. 
and you got to wear it on a hat. And then if you took the hat off, they'd be even meaner at you. And you used to pay to eat there. You would give them money, and then you'd be expected to tip them after they called you all these names and slurs. And like, what was going on with Dick Sester? Sort of, how did that last? I'm certain they can't still be around, right? I mean, not in the year of our Lord 2022. There's no way, right? There's no way those waiters are around, but... Trashy, Okay, 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 okay. I felt like they were just saying the meanest things at the Dick's Last Resort. So anyway, I also feel like, did you have to wear bibs at Dick's Last Resort? Or I don't know. I just had a flashback. When I saw Kyle in the bib, I just thought of the Dick's Last Resort. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's sort of like a Hooters, too. Hooters is still around, but Hooters isn't mean to you. It's just some girls with their bubbies out, right? And I used to love the chicken wings at Hooters, too. But I was never concerned with the bubbies. I didn't care about the bubbies in front of me. I just was interested in the chicken wings. Ladies, am I right? But Dick's Last Resort, uh, you didn't see any hot guys. It was just mean waiters yelling at you. What was going on there? Anyway, uh, we do see uh, a scene between uh, Bamboozle Jane and Lips. They go out to dinner. Eric was sort of rude to the waitstaff, too. Speaking of being rude, I felt like she yelled at the waitstaff. She's like, I'll pull out my chair. I'll pull out the chair myself. And she was like saying it as a joke, but it was also rude. It was like, this isn't coming across as a joke like you think it is. It's actually just coming across as nasty to the server or the person who's seating you at your table. So you need to STF you. So then uh, Rinna's wearing another animal print. I don't think I could see another animal print on this show either. And I've never been someone who had a problem with the animal prints. But I feel like every scene now I'm seeing these women in these animal prints. Like I'm at the Rainforest Cafe, speaking of a chain restaurant. I mean, I can't tell where the animals are and where the cast members are because they're all in animal disguises. One minute, a leopard, a zebra, every scene. It's like, do these women own things that aren't animal prints? I'm not sure. Bamboozle Jane orders an Arnold Palmer. They talk shit about Sutton and says Sutton pokes the bear. Then Rinna reveals she's doing a Rinna beauty launch that's going to be like a 70s disco. I want to dance with my baby. And apparently she did the Rena Beauty launch last year at Crystal's house, but now she's got to do it again, but it's still going to be the same because it's COVID, so it's still like nobody there. And then I noticed Rena was being rude to the people at her event because remember she was asking for a drink and she's like, I need fresh lemon. And the it was like a liquor sales rep, which made me believe that she got all the liquor for free. So I think it was like the people who work for the liquor company were at this event and they were setting up, they weren't actual bartenders, they were just providing the alcohol. And Rena's ordering like a specialty drink, you know, she's like, get me a lemon shot or whatever. And they're like, we don't have fresh lemon, but we have our alcohol. And she was being so, she's like, well, I need fresh lemon. Where's the fresh lemon? Give me the fresh lemon. And it was like, Rena, you need to cool it. You need to calm down. Everyone's being so mean to these people. And they need to be nice. You need to be nice to the people who work at these events or work at the restaurants, except for the Dick's Last Resort. You could be as mean as you want to those assholes. I mean, fuck them, ladies and right, because it's not appropriate that they're just running around putting things on hats for you. And by the way, I'm going to have to look for some photos because I'm certain that I've spent a 16th birthday at a Dick's Last Resort and I've got a photo with me just uh, with a white hat on my head that says, I suck dick for free or something. I don't know. I'm sure I have something like that. And I wasn't out. I wasn't out at the time, but yet I was wearing a hat. That was they outed me basically at Dick's Last Resort when I was a kid. I should uh, I should sue for damages because I think that I am damaged. Honestly, that's probably why it took till twenty two for me to actually come out of the closet because I was outed so early on at the Dick's Last Resort at a birthday party for a thirteenth birthday. Anyway, we do have a scene between Sutton and Kyle. Kyle's got a new Birkin. I liked Kyle's jacket a lot. Now, Kyle chastises Sutton for 
the Erica comment. They're all yelling over the Bamboozle Jane comment. And I was like, hey, Kyle, you need to stop. I don't know what Kyle's doing this season, but it's all wrong. <laughs> it's all off. Uh, Sutton talks about her date, and then Kyle tells Sutton that she needs to act a little poor on her date. And did anyone else find this so odd? I said, like, Kyle, what are you saying? Like, you need to act poor on a date? And then she's like, yeah, you need to act like vulnerable, like somebody needs to take care of you. You know, those kind of vibes. And I was like, girl. Girl? This is not the way to date. I know it's been a while since you and Maurice got together. But I don't know. I don't know. You don't want a man who's going to uh, act a little poor on a date. I thought, well, that was so weird. That was so weird. I mean, I get not wanting. You're not going to want a guy who thinks of you as a sugar mama. I get that. I get that. But that doesn't mean you need to act like a, a pauper. Then we see everyone getting ready for this thing. Dorit's wearing skates at home, and Phoenix was giving her confidence in the skates. We see the disco event. It's a cute theme. Uh, and this is where Rena was being rude to the alcohol sponsor. I need fresh lemons! It was so rude. And then they all talk about how, as the women are arriving, they're talking about Studio 54. And Rena's like, I went there one time. She said it was a trip. There were communal bathrooms. Which I was just thinking, like, imagine at Studio 54, because you're in the bathroom. It's like men and women. Just imagining, like, Liza Minnelli taking a deuce while Andy Warhol is fixing his rouge and Kathy Hilton's doing a line in the corner. It's like, that's the vibe I imagine at Studio 54. Because I do picture Kathy Hilton was at Studio 54. That time that Rena was there, I imagine Kathy Hilton in the corner with Michael Jackson or somebody. And uh, Liza Minnelli just taking a deuce. Andy Warhol fixing his makeup. Like That's what the 54 I imagine. Garcelle says she went there when she was a model. She saw a line of coke at the table and she said they tried to tell her to do the coke and she spilled it all over and she, they got pissed at her and so she didn't have to do it. So I was hoping to hear more Studio 54 stories. I don't know if anyone's seen the movie Studio 54. That was a movie starring Ryan Phillippe, which back then, I mean, still to this day, but Ryan Phillippe's ass, you know how I feel about it. It's the most beautiful behind, most beautiful caboose I've ever seen outside of Channing Tatum. Uh, anyway, he was in that movie 54, and I remember renting it from the library, which I don't think you should have been able to rent that movie from the library. Like, that movie came out in, what, like, 97 or something? I was 12, 13 years old, renting a Studio 54 movie from the library so I could see Ryan Phillippe's Bear Caboose. I mean, what was going on at the library in Solon, Ohio? Why were they just letting any... I also used to rent the movie Beach with Leonardo DiCaprio because I used to see him without his blouse on in that movie. The whole movie is without a blouse. And that got me through some tough times in middle school. I would go right to the library... <laughs> While the other boys were hooking up with girls at a middle school dance, I was going to the library to rent The Beach in Studio 54 starring Nev Campbell and Ryan Phillippe. That was what I was doing, you know, just at home. I was at home with those sugar cookies, you know. <laughs> the other, or I would be at a party and the other kids would be like making out in the corner and I would just be with those sugar cookies thinking about when I could get home to my library rentals. But remember those sugar cookies with the frosting from the grocery store that never taste very good, but they look very good? You know which one? I'm, they're like the the um, very soft, cakey cookies that got the like pink frosting and the and the sprinkles on. Oh, those were it for me. Like everybody else at those middle school parties or dances or something, like they were doing Lord knows what, trying to sneak beer from their parents' liquor cabinet. And I was just like, "Where are the sugar cookies? Where are they? Someone point them out because they need them." Uh, so that's what I was doing in middle school and renting library films. Uh, so then everyone's at this thing. Garcelle uh, shows up. We talked about her doing, uh, almost doing coke. They do a group photo booth, and Rina's just like, oh my God, we look so hot. And that, those photos, they did look hot. 
I mean, some of them. Kyle invites everyone to Aspen. She's got a house there, but then she's got another house because the one house isn't big enough. Now, Rinna says she wants to stay at Kyle's. And then Room 23's Diana Jenkins says, no, she's going to stay at her own hotel because she's uh, so demanding. And I'm just like, get her out of here. She can't even stay at the group hotel. I mean, bravo. They should have let go of her right then and there. Right then and there. You don't even want to stay at the hotel that the rest of the cast is staying at? Get out of here. Get out. Ugh. She's the worst. She's, somebody yelled at me in the DMs uh, this past week, said I was too mean on Diana Jenkins. And I said, get out. <laughs> I said, I am who I am. I'm here to give my opinion. <sighs> anyway, what else is going on? Oh, and then as they're talking about this trip, the disco dancers show up. I want to dance with my baby. They just start dancing. And meanwhile, Kathy's talking about Rick. We've never seen Rick, but she says he's an old-fashioned Catholic guy. And she says, oh, this is when they're alluding to Kathy getting in trouble because she said, she said, Rick always says, you get caught doing the wrong thing, you're canceled. So that's foreshadowing. Then we see Kyle snap at Kathy. That's foreshadowing. Then we see there's a little moment between Bamboozle Jane and Dorit where they're mad at Kathy because Kathy is saying she's laughing at the homeless toothless campaign or what charity. And they're getting mad at Kathy. So it's all foreshadowing for the Aspen trip when allegedly everybody gets mad at Kathy because she does some pretty bad things. So we're going to have to wait and see. Go to bravotv.com for more information and find out. And then Kyle brings up the Sutton and Erica thing. So Kyle's always stirring the pot, trying to bring up stuff. Kyle asks Erica about being a liability. And then Dorit's trying to join in. She's like, well, just last week at my homeless, not toothless dinner, you said, Erica, and I have a lot of lawsuits. And that was mean. And then Rinna jumps in and goes after Sutton. And when Rinna did, I just, I can't. Rinna keeps going after Sutton. And it's like, they don't even have a beef. And it's just so, ugh. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. And also, I'm tired on this show of, like, they keep making up and then rehashing the same beef because it's like they get to the next group event and they realize, like, oh, we're not doing enough good stuff for camera. So let's rehash the beef that we already moved on from. And it's so obvious that it's like you're just trying to bring up something for camera. And it's stupid. It's stupid. And so then uh, they talk, Kathy says, the Toothless and Homeless Foundation. And then Dorit's like, this is a really important charity, Kathy. And then... Kyle even says, well, the name's not amazing. <laughs> the name is not amazing. It got so much fucking press, though, from this show. I feel like everybody's talking about the homeless, not toothless uh, charity. The whole week, the whole past week, all I've heard is homeless, toothless campaign. And I love it. I love it. And yet, I also think we need to redirect our funds. Redirect the funds. And then, let's see, uh, Kyle says, forgetting about the toothless, not homeless charity for a second. So Kyle's trying to get it back on track. And she's even saying that the charity wrong. <laughs> the episode ended too, I think not ended, but Kathy had said like, I'm sorry, I've worked with the homeless and I've worked with the toothless. And it's like, they're all just arguing <laughs> the stupidest thing. <laughs> this show's so stupid. I love it. Just these rich ass women just arguing about whether or not the charity was called the homeless or toothless or what it was called. It was so stupid. <laughs> and then Arena's grasping at the straws, trying to yell at, Sutton, and she says, if I'm yelling at someone one minute and I like them the next, I'm going to cut myself some slack because that's grief. So now she, in real time, is cutting her own slack for the grief that she's going through. And I've been the most on her side when it comes to the grief. But then yet, I can't get on her side when she's excusing her bad behavior in real time by saying it's grief. Because she's saying something mean and then in the next sentence being like, well, that's grief. And it's like, that's not exactly how it works. Like, I, I... 
you can't just be an asshole. And I feel like she's given herself the pass for grief. Do you get what I mean? So she's now convinced herself that she could say anything she wants and be as mean as she wants because it's grief. And I want to cut her all the slack for that. But don't excuse it before it even happens and then be mean to people. Do you get what I mean? Then they talk about Erica's drinking problem. She cackles about the drinking problem and stares at Garcelle. And Garcelle's like, well, there are a few instances where you did seemingly have a drinking problem. And Erica's like, well, you tried to push the false narrative. And then Erica says, if she had a problem, Garcelle would be the last to know. These are the women that are closest to me. And it's like, we know. We get it. We get it. That group of women. It's just hard to watch that group of women for me. It's just hard. We get it. And Garcelle's like, look, I know that you group of women are close. You tell us that every fucking five seconds. And then that's when Garcelle gags her a bit. She says, I don't have time to make you look bad. Or I don't have to make you look bad. You could do that on your own. You could, And then Erica tries to say, like, you can make yourself look like a liar. And it's just not as good as Garcelle's line of, like, I don't have to make you look bad. And she tried to have a line. Uh, Garcelle does say in her confessional, she says, okay, Erica, go blow up your life. It's your prerogative. I don't fucking care. And then this is when Kathy interjects. And she's like, we all need to uplift each other. And Kathy... I don't know what's going on with Kathy, but it's all, the house of cards is crumbling. Kathy's got a secret. Like Denise before, she had a secret, and I don't think when it comes out, it's going to be good for Kath, and I don't imagine Kath's going to be around next season either. I know in interviews she's saying, well, I'm going to be at the reunion, and she's acting like everything's hunky-dory, but I actually think Kathy will be gone next season too. She's not going to sit through this, especially if she gets the villain at it for the rest of the season. No way Kathy's going to stick around. Because she's got some secrets. Shouldn't go on the real house size if you got some secrets, Kath. I'm just saying, just saying. Blowing up your life is your prerogative. Again, we said that Garcelle said that about um, the other one. And then Sutton says she wants to call Erica. She's like, I'm gonna call you tomorrow. And Erica's like, please don't, don't, thank you. Icons, I'm sure I've mentioned this many a time on the show, but I use DoorDash all the time, and I'm sure so many of you are right there with me. When you need a meal, you hop on DoorDash. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you about DoorDash's Dash Pass. It's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door, helping you save lots of money, lots of time with every one of your DoorDash orders. So it's really a big saver with $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on your eligible orders. Dash Pass makes it super easy to save on restaurants or retail items, groceries, all your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. Because I don't just get my meals. I also get a lot of groceries. You can get, again, retail items, local stuff. Dash Pass, too, pays for itself in just two orders on average, making delivery even more worth it. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for just $9.99 a month. So get more from your delivery for less. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash. Use code ICONIC24. That's ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, use code ICONIC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for Dash Pass. Icons, 
Did you ever watch True Blood? I was obsessed. I thought the men on that show, Alexander Skarsgård, Ryan Quanten, I was in love with him when that show was airing. And I thought it was just so good. And so that's why I'm so excited to tell you about the new season of the Truest Blood podcast. The Truest Blood podcast is fantastic. If you haven't listened before, it's hosts Kristen Bauer and Deborah Ann Wall, who rewatch and tell true stories from the set of HBO's iconic series, True Blood. They discuss the episodes, the blood, both fake and real, and all the sexy bites in between. And this season of the podcast, they cover seasons three and four of True Blood, uh, where there's more werewolves, witches, and vampire royalty on the show. Plus, they have really great people who worked behind the scenes of the show coming on and talking about the show. Lots of that to come. I think we're all pop culture junkies here. And one of the things that I love about pop culture is seeing how the sausage is made. And so I think that's why we're all going to be so excited to listen to the Truest Blood podcast. So check it out. uh, And also check out the show True Blood. Watch all episodes of True Blood on Max and listen to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And then uh, the episode ends with Kathy giggling about the toothless homeless people. She says, boy, did I get snapped at about the toothless and homeless. She says, it's the same thing. That's the episode next week. Room 23's Diana Jenkins wears her dress backwards. We get to Aspen. I'm worried next week we're going to get to Aspen at the end of the episode. I just need us to get to Aspen. They're dragging this season out too long. It should have been like three less, three episodes less. I know it's like the highest rated, and so they, they really want to stretch out the episodes. And I've been loving the season. It's just, I feel like now I'm so ready to get to Aspen. So just get me to Aspen. Just get me to Aspen. Uh, anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Again, we will be back on Sunday. We'll be covering Atlanta this week. I'm not going to take another week off. I just need a little breather. Uh, but we'll be back and catching up on all the Atlanta goodness because there was a lot to talk about. Did we, we got a lot to talk about. Drew had to go to the hospital because she broke the foot or the ankle or whatever it is. She had a poor hoof got hoofed and, um, she no longer can walk again. We met Drew Sidora when she was in the boot. Now she's back in a boot or whatever cast. Because she tried to have a race with Marlo, which I don't even know why we need to see the race. Oh, and then also the Sonya of it all. I do have to say, like, I don't know that we needed the whole tour of Sonya's hometown. Like, that was so weird to me. I felt like I was watching that NBC show, Who Do You Think You Are, where they're going around to their hometowns. I'm like, I don't need to see Sonya where she played in the street when she was a child. Like, I, I don't give a fuck. And God bless Sonya, but it's just like they, they dragged that out. They were really stretching that through the episode. I'm like, what is this? 
Um, anyway, that we'll get into all of that Atlanta stuff next Sunday. And uh, there's a new interview episode with Josie Toda, who's got a new podcast out. You can listen to that on the podcast feed. Wherever you listen to Everything Iconic, please try to remember to subscribe or follow. Hit that button because it really helps the show out a lot. So I know it's just a real quick, easy thing to do, but it really makes a big difference for advertisers and all that kind of good stuff. So I appreciate all of you that are listening and sharing with friends. And uh, yeah, I love you all so much. Should we do our cheese little cool down? I think we need to. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it, girl. Girl? Breathe, <laughs> Breathe out. I want to dance with my baby. I'm gonna dance with my baby. Go try to listen to a good, that's from Madonna's song music. Go try to listen to a good uh, Madonna song. She's got so many hits out there. And uh, yeah, listen to someone, an oldie, a classic, something you love. There's a good song called Rain by Madonna, one of my favorites. It's like sort of a deep cut. I think it was a single, but it's still not one that many people really know. But I think it's such a beautiful, perfect song. So anyway, go celebrate your. Go celebrate our lady icons. She's got a new song out with Beyonce, too. Beyonce's Renaissance. I mean, come on, that album's so good. And she just came out with a remix with Madonna. So, I don't know. Go listen to one of our ladies. Support our ladies. Go to support our lady artists. You know, I always say that about the country community, too, because the country lady singers don't get played on the radio like they should. So we need to support our Marin Morris. We need to support our, our, our gals in country music. And all of music. It's like, I don't want to look at the Billboard Hot 100 and only see men up there. we got to see our ladies up there. And our older ladies, too. It's, uh, I watched that Shania Twain documentary, and it's like, ugh. after a certain age, the older ladies don't get the hits. And so we need to support our gals. We need to support our gals. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we will talk Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.